Welcome, friends. Welcome back to the Brave Her podcast. I am super excited for my guests on the show today. I am really excited to introduce you to Bridget. Bridget is one of the sisters I met in my leadership mastermind, and I'm just so grateful that we've been connected. She is a wealth of knowledge, and I'm excited to introduce her to you today. Bridget, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, Carly, thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here with you and this incredible Braver community. I'm I'm thrilled to be talking to you. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Bridget and I'll read her bio and then we're going to dive into all things food, body relationships, which I think is such a powerful and important topic as women. So Bridget is a celebrated women's health coach, registered dietitian, and media personality, which I don't know anything about and I'm excited to learn about. Um, She's worked with hundreds of women and has become the go-to nutrition coach for women who want to lose weight and feel great in their bodies. Women flock to Bridget for her renowned expertise in creating a highly personalized, integrative, real-life nutrition approach for her clients. Bridget has her master's in public health nutrition and is a certified dietitian nutritionist in New York City. She's worked with hundreds of clients one-on-one, including both the clinical setting at Mount Sinai and in her private practice for over 10 years. Fueled by her passion and belief that enjoying the foods you love and taking care of your health go hand in hand, Bridget founded her private practice, BZ Nutrition, where she curates deeply personalized wellness plans for her clients that are nourishing, practical, and effective so that they feel great in their bodies. Bridget's expertise has been celebrated and featured in over 20 plus national press outlets, including Vogue, (laughs) Women's Health, Well and Good, and US Weekly, just to name a few. Hey, just a few little names there that we're dropping. Like, holy (laughs) smokes, girl. I'm so excited. So thank you again so much for being here. Bridget, I would love to just start by, you know, that's your amazing professional bio, which is like mind blowing, but tell us a little bit about who you are personally and why are you so passionate about the work that you do? Absolutely. Um, so, well, I'll tell you, I, I grew up in New York originally from Long Island. So you might hear that in my accent. I was going to say, I think I can hear that in your accent. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Shout out to all your, um, Long Island listeners. So I, I grew up on Long Island And I, when I first graduated college and moved into Manhattan, I was in fashion PR and event planning, and I had, I had developed some pretty shitty eating habits in college. Like most people I would assume. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I saw my first dietitian ever here in, in the city and, um, and she put me on a calorie count to, cause I wanted to lose weight. She put me on a calorie count, which was fine. It, it worked, but it also made me super, super obsessed mm. with food accounting. And I had come from a really, really healthy relationship with food. <laughs> so thinking about food in terms of numbers was brand new and really, really uncomfortable. So I finished working with her and I started to learn everything I possibly could about nutrition. And, and the fact that, you know, I don't, I didn't want to have to choose between having like going out to dinner with my friends, um, or, or just meeting them late night for a drink because I had already hit my, my calorie limit and I couldn't Mm -hmm. eat at the restaurant with them. And I was like, that's not, I can't live like that. (laughs) That's not gonna work for me. Mm -hmm. So I, so I started to learn a lot about nutrition and food and, um, and created something that was like 
a lot more personalized for me and, and felt good while this is happening. I'm still in my career in fashion, which is very fun, but my, my grandmother on my mom's side, my mom's mom, my grandma, Ruthie, who I was extremely close with, she passed away from complications of her type two diabetes. And we are two very similar women. She was stubborn as am I. And so it's possible, <laughs> it's, it's possible that, you know, if someone spoke to her about reworking her diet in a way that felt comfortable for her, it's possible she never would have done it. But the truth is, is that nobody explained to her. She only thought she had to give up all the food she loved. Nobody mm-hmm. was able to explain to her that like, no, Ruthie, you can occasionally have some French toast. You have to eat these other foods too. You have mm-hmm. to eat this other way as well, but we can, we can blend it. And I thought, well, that's me. That's what I'm trying to do for myself. And that's what I can help other people do too. How yeah. can we blend the foods we love with taking care of ourselves? Why does it have to be all or nothing? So, so I decided to go back to school to get my master's in public health and to become um, a dietitian. And I never looked back. It was, I will say it was extremely scary, right? I had been out of college for four years. I had to do a post back program. Um, I had to take like a year of all pre-med because I was an English major at my university with zero sciences. And so I had to do a pre-med back, um, post back program. And then I was going back into school and studying when all of my best friends had just finished their graduate programs and were coming out and were like, now they were around to go out and hang out and like party. And I was like, no, 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 no. Now I have to study. So I'm (laughs) not able to go out and party and have fun. (laughs) Um, It was, it was scary thinking about studying again, being a student again, but I loved it. I loved every second of it. It was Yeah. It just like every, and then to be a dietitian, you also go through a year long internship in a hospital rotating through various um, clinics and and floors and everything was just, I just loved it more and more and more everything I was learning. And I, I was like, yeah, no, I fucking made the right choice. This Mm -hmm. is me. I love where I belong. So that's, so now I've been a dietitian for the past 10 years and I've had my own private practice for the past five and it's been a hundred percent, one thousand percent, a dream come true every Amazing. step of the way. I love so much about your story, and there's so many themes that run through a lot of, um, you know, the guests that I have on the show, but also the conversations that I have in my different various communities. Right, um, like one specifically about where as women, we're often given a lot of messaging, whether it be about Mm. food or it be about relationships or it be about like how we're supposed to act in, you know, like in our job, we get all this kind of conditioning, all these messages about how things are supposed to work. And then we come to realize in ourselves that like, maybe that system doesn't actually work for me as a person, right? Like how you share that, like a lot of the old, you know, calorie counting or rigidity or restriction diets. Like that's how we've been socially told we're supposed to lose weight or we're supposed to manage our food. But then we go to apply those things in our lives and we're like, "Mm, this doesn't really work for me. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And what inevitably happens, unfortunately, and I mean, part of why my community, why I feel like it's really important is that why I like to have conversations in community is because we learn that like, when you're the only one, you feel like you're the only one that it doesn't work for. 
So then we're the ones that judge ourselves. We're like, oh, like I'm not consistent enough. I something something's wrong with me. Something's Something's wrong wrong with with me. me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the, this is, I think, again, the healing power of communities, because when you come together with women, you're like, no, that didn't work for me either. That didn't work for me either. It's like, we eliminate all of that feeling of like, oh, it was just me. It's actually the system. That's the problem. It's not me. And that in itself is so healing and cathartic. I think it just opens up self-acceptance and self-love of be like, oh, I'm actually not the screwed up one who can't follow the 1200 calorie. (laughs) Like, no, right. girl, like, it's not your fault. It's just that the system was never designed with us in mind. Like it was exactly. designed for us, but not with us in mind. So that was correct. I loved. And then the other thing that I loved is how you chose this brave path of doing, you know, choosing yourself, <clears throat> which is mm. a theme that runs through a lot of my work, but like choosing yourself in that you're like, I found something that I really love, even though, you know, all of the people in my social circle are doing something different. Right. I'm going to choose right. something that's so important to me. And I'm going to put everything into it, even though it's super scary. And I think that there's so much about that story. You know, going back to school is a big thing that I've talked to w- women in my community about is they're like, I don't know, I'm thinking about leaving my job and going back to school or going to become an entrepreneur. I'm like, girl, do it. Like you're in the right. Hell space. yeah. Like, let's do it. Hell right. Hell yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, let's do so it. I, I think that's just such a beautiful story that you shared. And I appreciate that insight into into your journey. And then seeing, you know, after 10 years is that you still love it. It still lights you up. You're still super passionate about it, right? You're able to see the results of helping other women with this. And I think that's so powerful. Yeah. Thank you. I think, and for your community members that are thinking about going back to school or changing careers or starting a new path, you know, I, I think we have, we've lived one version and now we get, and we, and so we're coming to this decision or this thought of starting new, starting fresh, doing something different, going back to the school with some real life experience behind that. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, like, of course, like once I've made that decision and, and, and made it happen, it was, it is my dream come true. Like there was no turning back. It was so, so damn fulfilling because yeah. I already knew, I knew what it was like to not live this life. And now getting to live this life, I'm like, no, 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 this was my calling. Mm. This is why it like spoke to me. This is what, you know, Mm -hmm. would wake me up in the middle of the night. I was like, no, 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 I'm meant to do something else. (laughs) Right. Okay. So that in itself, that was going to be like this other theme that just came to me that I hear in your story that so aligns with just the mission of the Brave Her community is like, is, is overcoming obstacles and not even just overcoming obstacles in our lives, but like turning those obstacles into like our magic, right? Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. the, the obstacle that you had of like this food body relationship and figuring out your diet and all that, like that is an obstacle. And then not only did you overcome that obstacle, but like, look at what that obstacle has been able to be alchemized into, right? Yes. Like that's yes. what I hear from so many women is they'll be like, oh, I want to do something. I have that feeling that there's something for me, but I don't know what it is. And I'm like, well, look where your mess is are. Like, look and like, yes. look where the obstacles are, right? And one of my previous that. guests on the podcast said, your mess is your message. And I was like, oh my God, I love that. I don't think it was in her, yes. she paraphrased somebody else, but it's like the problems that we tend to focus so much energy on and we think means so much about us, maybe we're looking at them in the wholly the wrong way. Right. That has totally. been my situation too. Like I could have bit succumbed to a, like severe anxiety and postpartum mental illness and just like shriveled away. Or I was like, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to get really vulnerable. About it. I'm going to learn everything I can about it. And then I'm going to take my mess and turn it into something for someone else to learn from. And so I think that's so beautiful. It's so important and so empowering and, and food relationships, right. For so many women, food relationships, our body image, 
how we eat is one of those big obstacles that can really hold us back from feeling like we're in our power, feeling really empowered. So let's shift the conversation because that's obviously your area of expertise. And a lot of the women that I work with or who are in my community do struggle with emotional eating right? Whether Mm. restriction, because they have a lot of shame around eating, or they don't trust themselves to make good choices, or they feel stressed and they eat too much and they're binging, right? All of that is a huge, huge thing that happens in my community. And I think for women in general. Um, So let's talk a little bit about emotional stress eating and maybe some kind of, of your approaches or your strategies, like ways to think about it that might be helpful. Yeah, definitely. So I think, right, whether you whether your go-to response is restrict food restriction or, or overindulgence, right? Like it's, they're fruit from the same tree, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really what it is, is why it's so, why it's so, why it's so hard to like tease out on your own is because it, it cause it calls for a tremendous amount of like self-awareness and reflection, which is hard to do when you're in a moment of activation, Mm. right? When you're, when you're feeling activated and triggered and like emotional and stressed and mm, right. Because of whatever is going on, it's hard to then also create that like little pause within yourself. It's such like a knee jerk reaction. So I had, I had a fight with my boss or with my partner or my kid told me they hated me. And so I like, like, and it's a, it's just like a, a yeah, knee jerk reaction to re- mm-hmm. it's, it's automatic. So it's hard to, it's hard to get in there and switch it up. But what I, you know, I, I think that what we want to understand about emotional eating or emotional restriction is that it's a defense mechanism, right? It's, it's an avoidance mechanism. It's a, sometimes it's even a denial mechanism. Mm-hmm. And it's so because because we, it's hard to take that moment of awareness when you're, when you're in the activation state, mm-hmm. I always try to, when I'm talking to my clients, when we first start working together, when they're not activated, like we're just having a conversation, like, you know, what is, do you emotionally eat? How does that, what happens in your, in your life when you're feeling triggered or activated in some way? So I recommend that everybody kind of just think now when you're not, when you have not had a fight with anybody, when you are cool, calm and collected what is your response? Are you someone who reaches for food? Are you someone who avoids food completely? Knowing like where you go first, when you're not in that elevated state that can help you the next time you get to that elevated state. So if you're like, okay, when I get stressed out, I know I reach for the chocolate immediately. Right. Or like I'm a potato chip girl and that's where I go. So now that you know that about yourself and you're calling it out from a calm state, when you, when you feel stressed and you're in the process of walking to wherever it is, your the pantry, the kitchen, right. Mm-hmm. You can, you can then take a breath. You can like, um, you can call in a little bit more awareness. So like, whew, okay, I'm about to go get some potato chips. Why am I doing this though? Right. You can have a little check-in moment with yourself and, and being able to bring in that awareness, then you can redirect and create a healing habit instead. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so many threads that go through a lot of this. uh, It's almost impulse control work, right? It's like behavioral inhibition work. 
um, when it comes to eating relationships, but even when it comes to any kind of emotional expression, which is what I teach on so much is like, where you get really angry and then women will come to me and be like, but then I snap at my kids or I yell or I do these things and I don't want to do them. And it's what I loved is how you framed it is like, it's a very automatic reaction <clears throat> that a lot of these responses, whether it's eating, restricting, yelling, you know, whatever, a certain picking up a drink, like, right. It's, this is right. Like even addiction philosophy, like addiction mentality is that it's automatic. It's often not a conscious choice that we're doing. And so part of healing it or, or kind of starting to work on adjusting these habits is actually bringing consciousness to that moment of unconsciousness, right? <laughs> which is exactly. hard, like you said, when you're activated, because our conscious thinking cortex brain sh- shuts off when we're activated. Right. So exactly. Exactly. So being able, and the truth is also, we know ourselves, we are like, we are experts on ourselves. I can tell you if, when I have a fight with my boyfriend, if what I like to do is reach for some, reach for something sweet or reach for something savory. Like I, when I'm not activated in the moment and I can reflect on my behavior overall, I'm more apt to understand myself versus when you are. So when you're, when you're triggered and emotions are heightened, it's really, it's much more difficult to, to put in that like little pause, that little break, that little, like, whew, that like couple mm-hmm. of deep breaths. Yeah. So trying to reflect about it. Like, okay, what, what's, what makes me snap beforehand. And that understanding of what the trigger is, but then also right. having a replacement, like you shared, like a healthy habit to replace with. Right. Yeah, I often absolutely. share, I do so much work in the nervous system and in the brain. It's like, I use a lot of analogy as well as my listeners know, but like, yeah. but it's like in our brains, we have these tracks, right? Like these neural tracks. You could even think about it like a dirt bike track. Okay. I don't yeah. know where the track came in my brain the other day, but I started using it. I'm like, Hey, this works. So like, I love it. About it, it's like, you have a dirt bike track when you like trigger an emotion, like an emotion is triggered. Your track is to pick up like, you know, some food and or restrict or whatever it happens to be your food coping mechanism which not everybody has those, right? But the people who struggle with emotional eating do, there's like, it's like the track is really well-worn, right? Like the little dirt bike has run that track multiple times, sometimes for years and years and years. And sometimes we even built the track in childhood, right? Like even adults realizing it was a problem, that track was taught to us from others, right? right? On how we deal with food, how we deal with pain, how we deal with the stresses we eat. So that track was built. And so the, the truth is that we have to like take the dirt bike and put it on a new track. So when we have mm-hmm. that same trigger, the, the track is new. It's a different track now. And just like a dirt bike track, it takes a lot of going around that track before it gets dug in. Right. So sometimes people will be like, well, I tried to do it once or twice different and it didn't work. And I'm like, well, that's just because we haven't built that track yet. We haven't built that new track where that when you do feel that same emotional or that same distress, that you have this other habit that you can lean on that feels as well-worn as the old, right? right? And then the- Right, yeah. Does that make sense? I feel like that's- Absolutely. I feel like I I also, I love, I love analogies too. And I relate it to like, you know- the first time you do a new workout, you're going to be really fucking sore mm-hmm. for days. Right. But you're strengthening that muscle. Yeah. And so the next time you do it, it's not going to, you're not going to be as sore. Right. So creating a new habit is just, is strengthening a muscle. It's going to take time and time and repetition and a couple of reps until it gets really strong. And you feel really secure mm-hmm. carrying a super heavy bag or picking up a heavy weight because you yeah. know that that muscle is strong and it's got you, you know, I think mm-hmm. too, when it comes to emotional eating, like something else to remember is that we can't get enough of what we don't really want. 
right? Mm -hmm. So, which is why we end up eating more and more and more eating the entire bag of potato chips because we don't really fucking want a potato chip. Mm -hmm. What we want is peace of mind. What we want is a hug. What we want is to be on a vacation on a beach somewhere, Mm -hmm. right? So we end up eating the entire bag of potato chips because it's, it's not what we really want, but we're avoiding asking for or paying attention to what it is we really do want. Mm-hmm. Like, like that hug, like that peace of mind, like your boss acknowledging your hard work. Right? right. So, so I think also, and also even still people who, people who restrict, you know, they're having their, their nervous system, which, and you'll talk more about this for sure, but like they're, we're in like a, it's a, a mechanism of this flight or fight response, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So they're in a heightened state and their inability to their, their go-to of restriction is keeping them in that fight or flight response because our body needs certain nutrients and vitamins to like help calm us down. Right. So like magnesium, like if you're eating foods that help regulate and calm your body down, mm-hmm. you're more likely to get out of your fight or flight response. If you're someone who restricts Mm -hmm. the restriction keeps you in there more the same way the overeating keeps you in there more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, and I love that. That's so helpful. I love bringing things back to the nervous system and what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. It normalizes it. It removes a lot of the shame. I personally find with my clients when I'm working with them, you know, in the clinic, especially doing therapy, it's like, well, do you know why you do that? Do you know that your nervous right. system is designed to teach you to do this? Like it's designed right. to keep you alive and do this, right? right. So even, you know, even emotional eating habits like binging is like, think about a, a stress response. If your body Absolutely. is not going to be able to get calories again, what's the most logical thing to do? Binge. Right right? Your body is going into these natural defense mechanisms, these natural coping strategies. And, and that leads us right to feel if we don't know that they're like, you know, a natural part of what our nervous system does that our nervous system, I say this all the time, it's going to be on a quote or a mug or something. Your nervous system is not designed to keep you happy. It's designed to keep you alive. Yes. Oh, I love that merch. So it's like you, if you let your nervous system do everything it wants to do, all it's going to do is try to keep you alive. Alive. And right. not happy. That's the whole point. Right. Because the whole point is alive. Yeah. It's like alive, alive, alive. I don't care if you're unhappy, but you're because you're alive. So this right. is like why we why we have all these behaviors that we don't like in ourselves is because those are right. our reactions to the stress in our life. And so, right. like you shared even in the beginning to bring it back, it's like we have to bring awareness, we have to bring some consciousness to it. We also have to eliminate shame. <laughs> Right. In a big, big way. Because as women, the best thing we're good at, unfortunately, is like seeing our problems, our quote unquote things we need to fix, and then beating the shit out of ourselves about it. Like that's gonna make us do yeah, it. We're we're great at that. Yeah. We're great at that. I yeah. was gonna say you right. probably see so much about that because I feel like both- yeah, well- Body Absolutely. Is one area where shame is just rampant, right? Because we've right. earned it or we do it ourselves or we've, you know, have maybe been shamed by others in our family about our bodies or whatever. Right. So there's just so right. much shame and it's so damaging. Absolutely. And I think also part of why we finished that entire bag of potato chips too, is because then we, we feel guilty that we're eating them to begin with. Mm-hmm. We feel the shame, we feel shameful for eating them. And so, and the shame of it, the bad feeling of shame makes, has us eating more of it, yeah. right? It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Like, you know, that's why I hate this concept. I hate this concept of willpower mm-hmm. because we're not meant to have will like willpower. Willpower is like a, a bullshit diet culture term and phrase yeah. that 
we were never, I, I don't know what that means. It's, you don't need willpower to not eat certain foods. You need to understand yourself and, and create a lifestyle that feels good for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that include that includes all the foods that you want to eat. So we're not meant like when we then say, Oh, well, I have no willpower. Then we feel badly about ourselves that mm-hmm. we have no willpower. And then we end up eating more. And it's just, it's a, it's a, we're on a, what is that called? The hamster wheel. Right. We get on this like hamster wheel of, of shame and guilt. But so much of, so much of what I find with my clients is that when we heal their relationship with food, we heal their relationship with their body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, foods are not, there are no good foods and bad foods. Foods have no moral code. They did not cheat on you. They did not steal your money, right? There's no morality to food, but when we have attached a moral code to food, right? The kale is good and the cookies are bad. Well, then I'm bad for eating the cookies. Mm-hmm. And then the more I tell myself that I am bad for eating the cookies, the more I feel badly about myself, mm-hmm. right? But if the cookies are neutral, the same way kale is neutral, if they're all neutral, then then we our self-talk changes. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying I was really bad today or I was really good today. I'm just, I'm me. Right. Mm -hmm. And what makes me bad or good is how well I treat other people in my life. (laughs) Not, not how I feed myself. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's so is that because of so many of us, even as a parent, like I catch myself often being like, we have to eat good food before we can have a treat. Mm, right. Like, like it's built into like how we were raised and that you see then how that, that kind of idea about morality and food, having morality is precipitated. That's not the right word. Exactly. Yeah. I I think it is. (laughs) It's perpetuated is the word I'm like, perpetuated. That one works. That works too. (laughs) Um, Unknowingly. And, um, and I think that's, it's really important to remember is that when we heal, like you said, when you heal your relationship with food, you heal your relationship with your body and then you heal the relationship for those following you, right? Yes. Which is a lot you set of a new, right? Yeah, so you sh- you ripples. shift a hundred percent. You shift the paradigm, right? Then you, you know, when you heal your relationship with food, your relationship with your body, your relationship with like the way you talk to yourself, your children hear that. Mm-hmm. They pick up on that, mm-hmm. and your sister hears that, and your best friend hears that, and your mom hears that. Right. And so we create a new paradigm. We create a new movement based on positive self-talk, not negative self-talk, Yeah, positive relationships with food, positive neutrality with food. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so weight loss ends up being the symptom of a healed relationship with food. It ends up being the symptom of a healed relationship with your body. You end up losing weight because you're taking better care of yourself because you care about yourself. Right. And you're eating from this place of worthiness rather than like restriction and shame and punishment and and all those sorts of like, you know, goods and bads about food. Wow. Exactly. Like you're all, you're eating from a place also of true empowerment Mm -hmm. and like an empowered eating. I talk to my clients all the time about creating empowered eating practices empowered eating doesn't mean I'm choosing the kale over the cookies. Empowered eating is I'm choosing the cookies from a place of, um, like 
proactive choice, planning that out, looking forward to that, not from a place of, oh, I just got into a fight with someone, I need to eat cookies now, mm-hmm. right? Or um, I'm, or like impulse buys, they just caught my eye and I've gone too long without eating. And so I'm just going to grab the first thing I see, mm-hmm. right? But empowered, empowered food choices are, I'm going to my favorite restaurant. They have this delicious dessert. I am going, I'm going to get a, get a, an order of it. I'm going to enjoy and savor every damn bite. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to move the fuck on from it and not think about it again. Yeah. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to allow myself to enjoy it because, yeah. because my desire and my joy and my pleasure is worthwhile. Like it's in itself, right. right? Like the food is no longer a means to my feeling better. It's like my feeling better is the reason why I choose to eat the food because it makes me feel exactly. good. Exactly. Like exactly. Morality from it, which is so exactly. Yeah. Right. When you, when you, when you're like, oh, I'm going to my favorite restaurant, they have this incredible dessert, but I'm not going to get it because I want to be good. And so I'm just going to resist it and resist it and resist it. And then it becomes the only thing you think about. You end up not ordering it there because you're quote being good. And then you end up binging on like shitty donuts from the supermarket. Yeah, totally. Right. Because it's all you can think about. And you're like, and then you're like, oh shit. Yeah. But if you, if you enjoyed it in the moment out with your friends or out with your family, and it felt like really good in the moment, you would never have binged out, mm-hmm. but you were right. So making that empowered choice, like really enjoy this food that I'm looking forward to. And it's also part of the experience. I'm eating it with a group of people who I am enjoying being with. I'm out at a restaurant. I enjoy being out at, right? Like it's part of the overall experience. Then then there's no, there's no shame. There's no guilt. It's a fully, a fully empowered decision. It's a fully embodied decision in the way you take care of yourself. And I think understanding, like anybody listening might be like, well, yeah, that sounds great. Except I feel this, that's why it's said about food and it's really hard. And like, just wanting to like acknowledge the fact that we all have to start somewhere mm-hmm. with Definitely. these relationships with food. Right. And wherever you start is, is where you are but that's it. Right. Absolutely. Right? Where you Absolutely. Are. And that it does take time. Like, you know, we say like, oh, you go out and you just have the cu- cupcake and you're like, you know, the listeners are like, oh my God, I couldn't have a cupcake. Like, it's okay. Right. Like, it's, it's okay. okay. Like this is new. That's the point here is that we're choosing right. to intentionally think in a new way, which is threatening inevitably. Right. This is what right. you, yourself looks like is being like, I kind of deep down in my gut know that if I healed my relationship with food in my body, I would feel so much better. And it's super scary, but I'm still going to do it because right. of the, that, right. Because I'm going to choose myself. Right. What that's going to ripple out into my life and how that's going to ripple out into my kids or whoever is around me. Right. Right. That's brave. It's, it's that, brave. It's right. one, it's brave. It's brave to say to yourself, this is hard for me. Mm-hmm. And it, right. And it's braver to say, this is hard for me and I'm going to still try it. Yeah. Totally. Right. Like it's okay for it to be hard. It's these are, this is new language. This is a new way of thinking about it. You've been taught or watched or seen or heard, you know, so much about good foods, bad foods, elimination, not to eat this demonizing of sugar, demonizing Mm -hmm. of carbs. Like there's all of that. There's so much white noise that yeah, clearing it out. It's going to take time everyone starts where, wherever they start, but, and it's really, really huge, like bold and brave to say, this is where I'm at. And, and I'm going to embrace that. And, and I'm going to, and this is where I want to go and I'm going to make steps. You know, I also say, yeah. Yeah. And being brave enough to say that, like, I might not have all the answers, but I'm allowed, I'm going to allow myself to get in the spaces with people who have them. 
right? Exactly. A hundred percent. I feel like when we're wading into this, we also tend to women, especially we're so competent. We live in this culture of independence and achievements. And like, it's almost like if you can't do it on your own, you're not good enough. And I feel like that's such a narrative that I am so for breaking down is like, no, no, we're way stronger together. So like, if there's something you don't know, but you want to work on, like, let's find somebody like Bridget, let's find somebody like me, right. Who does mindset, does anything right. Where it's like, okay, that's the person who has some of the solutions that I'm looking for. And so I'm going to be brave enough to be vulnerable and say, I need help because that in itself is really hard for so many women is saying that they, you know, this is like you said, new conversation about food. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's only normal to feel like you wish you had somebody to walk you through with it. Right. Right. And to have somebody to bounce your stress off of and to like, you know, am I going crazy? Is this all wrong? Like, you know, all those, it's like, we have to have a guide. We have to have somebody to help like a mentor, you know, or a dietitian or a coach or somebody who can help you walk through this like uncertain terrain. That's brave. Yeah. You need, it's, it is so damn brave to seek support. It is so damn brave to ask for support, to build up your arsenal, to have someone in your corner, to have someone who has your back, to have someone where you can ask questions and know that you're going to get like valid responses, valid, truthful answers. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah, support is key. You know, I think, I mean, Carly and I met in like, we're, we're in a container together built on community and sisterhood. Mm-hmm. And, and the more women who get in, into arenas that are built on community and sisterhood and, and building each other up, building women up, you're going to, the more support you're going to get in everything that you're trying to do, everything you're trying to accomplish and seeking, seeking an expert, seeking a mentor, seeking out that professional support. It is one of the bravest things you can do. I remember when I, when I went to see my therapist for the first time, it was scary, Mm -hmm. but it also, it was the greatest gift I gave myself ever, mm-hmm. you know, the version I am now, the version, the person I get to be now, because I, because I was brave enough to be like, no, no, I need support in this. Like this, <laughs> I had just broken up with a boyfriend and I was like, this doesn't feel great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't like this. I don't like the way I'm handling this. How can I, like, who can I speak to? Who can help me handle this better? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's like choosing to honor that nudge is like, something's not right here. Yeah. Right? which is what I see a lot of women do when they meet with me as their therapist is they'll be like, you know, for a long time, I've been feeling like something's not right, but I just was never really feeling confident enough to do anything about it. And I think that's right. It's that step towards like, no, you know what? I'm worth this feeling better. Um, And it's worth going through the fear of like connecting with a coach, connecting with a therapist, whatever, to get through to the other side and honoring that. You deserve to feel really good in your body. You deserve to feel really good in life, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, and you have to choose that. You have to choose you. you. Yeah, hundred percent. You have to choose you. You have to choose you. You have to choose to walk through into that therapist's office. You have to choose to connect with Carly. You have to choose to connect with me. And mm-hmm. once you do, once you choose that, once you choose yourself, then, then the healing starts. Mm-hmm. Then the feeling good starts. After a while, then the shifts. Oh. Yeah. Yes. 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 Clients that I'm like, I will. Yes. Warn <laughs> I will warn you. Coming right. in to work with me, it will be the one of the best things you've chosen to do because I will be the best like resource for you in your mental health and choosing yourself and setting good boundaries. However, it will be a bit like yeah. this box that no, we. It will. It takes time. Once we get in, <laughs> like right, like no. be ready because it does. You know, like when you start to say like I, it's it's not about I just want to lose weight. That's the no, reality. Right. Like anything that we do, it's like, I just want to 
I just want to lose weight or I just want to stop having panic attacks. I'm like, dude, there's so much under there. Right. Like <laughs> onion layers of why you're right, having those panic are- attacks, right? It is not just like pop a pill and carry on. It's so much more than that. And that in itself, again, is choosing yourself, being brave, showing up like for yourself because you're worth doing that for. Absolutely. Like that's the, the, the decrease in panic attacks is the symptom is the side effect of looking under the hood and doing all the other shit. Exactly. The weight loss, the weight loss is the side effect of getting under the hood and doing all the other shit. Yeah. Just like, you know, emotional eating and restriction, restrictive eating, like all are just expressions of what's not being addressed. Right. Right. So it takes a lot of courage to address what's not being addressed. Oh, Uh, you're not going to start to feel, you're not going to feel better immediately as soon as you walk into our proverbial doors, our virtual doors, but you're taking the first step to, oh my God, you're all, you're taking the first step to feeling better. And that's, and that, and choosing that is, is so bold and brave and celebratory and like hell fucking yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I think everybody would love to know how they can connect with you. And of course we'll yeah. include all of this in show notes. Um, but so let us know where can we connect with you? Where can the listeners? Yeah. Meet? Oh my gosh. I would so love to connect with all of your incredible, beautiful community members. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at BZ nutrition mm-hmm. and also my website, BZ nutrition, dot com and why like new york.com mm-hmm. um and yeah like i would love to connect if you do follow me on instagram drop me a dm slide into my dms say what's <laughs> up i would love to i would yeah. love to connect with you i'd love to know that you found me through this podcast and and that we have carly in common mm, that would be amazing and so let's close out the episode <clears throat> two part question what does it mean yeah. we've talked a lot about bravery but for you what is being brave for you look like and what has being brave done for you? Mm. For me, being brave means being scared and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Feeling feeling scared, feeling fear, calling it out and doing it anyway, pushing through it because it, fear traps us when we give into it. So, and it's just like emotion, like anything else, like like happiness. It's just there to, to let you know that this is, this is something worth looking into. So, so feeling the fear and doing it anyway, going for it anyway. Um, and I will say, I will say what something brave that I did, I think honestly, for me, that was two, twofold one going back to school, definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely being like, there's a bigger, this I found my calling. I'm not currently in it. How do I get in it? So going back to school to follow my heart and to, and to follow my joy, that was one of the bravest things I've ever done. And then, and then five years ago, leaving my, my paycheck, my steady paycheck to start my own career, start my own practice, start my own business. That was something that was also like scary, but also so, so, so knew that that's what I was meant to do. That was the, that was the next step for me on this path. And even though everyone in my life was like, are you sure you want to give up a paycheck? You want to give up health insurance? You want to do this on your own? I was like, yeah, yeah, fucking do. Yeah. <laughs> are you is the best part. Like I always find right. so many of my clients, like I have three in mind right now who I've been working with and they're like, 
trying to do these big, brave things, trying to, like, like you said, leave a stable job, leave a long-term relationship that they've just known is not for them for so long. And, and the, are you sure questions, right? Are the best like, well, no, I wasn't. Well, I was, (laughs) but now you asked and right. It's like, no girl, you're just in the wrong space. Like you just got to get yourself in the spaces where people are not saying, are you sure? They're saying like, you freaking got this. Like, of course yourself, of course, you're going to do brave things, you know, and it's the importance of surrounding yourself with people who see that as well and so thank Absolutely. you it's amazing like you're so brave and um I mean that's where a lot of the mission for brave for came from is like that there are these themes that run through all of my guest interviews and it, the theme is kind of something like you know I was doing something and my life was pretty good and then I had this like moment where I changed my direction and I had to do something really brave and choose myself and now look how mm. awesome it is like that's yeah. like kind of like the summary of like so yes yes Yes. And I think ways, you know, yes. And I think, and I think if we can flip the people who are like, are you sure that is like a beautiful opportunity? One, yes. To surround yourself with new people, but two, to be like, yeah, I am sure I am choosing myself. Mm -hmm. I'm so, I'm so sure I'm choosing myself. It's almost like a, like, yeah, no, I think, I think that's your opportunity to even step, step up even more and say, yes, I, nobody, nobody who's asking you, are you sure is a expert on you. Mm-hmm. You are the, ex- you are the expert on you. So choosing the fact, owning, knowing the fact that you are the expert on you. So when they say, are you sure you can come back with a fucking bold, empowered, brave. Yeah. Yes, I am sure. Thank you. Great. I'm sure. I am sure. Absolutely. I am sure. I am very, I am very sure. Mentor. Yes. Then you go in, you meet yes. with your mentor and you're like, what am I doing? No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> am I sure <laughs> you're like no I've got this I'm, I'm pretty sure right sure right. I'm sure as you're like yeah. <laughs> that's the truth right there is like that's the, that's the truth of, of doing brave things is that like we're sure on the outside and sometimes we're crumbling on the inside and that's okay um, yeah owning that knowing that yeah well thank you so much Bridget for joining us I knew that there was going to be just so much gold and so much value in this conversation and you know th- how the themes run so deep, right? Like we're talking about empowered eating and food choices, but it's also how that choice of seeing your worthiness of choosing yourself, how that is really how we are in integrity, right? We bring our, what's important to us on the inside and we make our outer world an expression of that. And we take brave steps to do that. And so it's, it's like, even though it's quote unquote, just food, it's so much more than that. And it's really how you're choosing yourself. And I love that. So thank you so much. Absolutely. No, I'm uh, Carly, thank you so, so, so much for having me. I love this conversation. It was so much fun and so important. And no, I think, you know, food, the way we food and the way we nourish ourselves is part of self-care is part of how you choose yourself. And mm-hmm. so I think this was such a beautifully aligned conversation. I'm so excited to connect more with, with your community and, and braver. And I'm, I, I loved being here. Thank you for having me. Yay. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.